Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Liz Chaus, and you're listening to the Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, promise can you open us up in prayer? Sure thing. Lord, just thank you for today and just providing for everybody and coming to our midst today and just staying there and just giving us an opportunity to harvest what you've given us. Well, not harvest, but take what you've given us. And Lord, I also thank you for just... Providing for everyone and meeting all their needs and not letting them lacking. In the name of Jesus, amen. Mm. Amen. Well, amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody, as we continue our study in 1 Corinthians. We are continuing chapter 11 today. So, well, with that, can I get a volunteer to reread? Verses 17 through the end of the chapter, please. I will. All right, or Kyla, excuse me. But in giving these instruction, this instruction, excuse me, I do not praise you because you came together not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you came together as a church, I hear divisions exist among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you in order that those who are approved may have become evident among you. Therefore, when you meet together... It is not to eat the Lord's Supper, for in your eating each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I will not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and also let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, in order that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together eat, wait for one another. To eat, excuse me. Wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that you may not come together for judgment. In the remaining, the remaining matters, I shall arrange when I come. Mm-hmm. Well, amen. So, we are, for the listeners, we're again going over this section of scripture because there were still questions and things that we had not yet covered in this section. So there is a 
uh, I'll say a bit, a little, a little bit of repetitiveness, but also a difference at the same time. So, um, I want to open the floor up to everyone to ask their questions and especially to minister what the Holy Spirit is speaking to them. All right. Okay. Who would like to begin? Go ahead, Layla. Okay. Um, as I was reading along with Kyla, I am, I looked at what Jesus had said one and when he was doing the Lord's Supper and he said this is the new covenant and sometimes we get concerned and caught up and go well there's two covenants actually there isn't it's the same one there's just some different principles that are um, wrapped into it so first I'll take you to Hebrews to take a take a quick look at that um, it's chapter 10 Okay. Ten what? The whole chapter? No, we're just going to read like the first 14 verses. Okay. So not the whole chapter, sir. Oh, okay. It says, For the law having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then they would not have ceased to be offended. For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. Hmm? Go back and read verse 2 for me again, okay? For then would... Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. For then would they not have ceased to be offended. Offered. Offered, sorry. Offered, yeah. For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, To do your will, O God. And that's Jesus. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So originally when the law of Moses was given, there were specific... Um, things that they had to do specific offerings like sin offerings and peace offerings and burnt offerings and they all served different purposes and there was a type and shadow of what Jesus would come and do later on the cross and so if we go back and look at Luke um, chapter 22 and it'll just be the first we're going from verse 14 through um, 20. We'll, we'll just stop right there. 
And it says, When the hour had come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, supper saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. So we see here it's not a separate covenant. This is just what Jesus was just establishing what it was permanently supposed to be, what it actually was supposed to be. Um, we read in Hebrews that the blood of bulls and goats couldn't take away the sins. They could only cover it for a, a certain amount of time, but then it was brought out again, brought to your remembrance, and it was never really gotten rid of. But after Jesus had died and you bring them underneath his blood, it's truly wiped away. There's no such thing as that sin anymore. And I'm not saying it as though... God turns a blind eye and says you've never done it and lies about it, but he doesn't hold it against you after you've brought it underneath the blood of Jesus and truly repented with your heart. And so the covenant that we have with him now is essentially the same covenant then. We just have the blood of Jesus instead of the blood of animals and the blood of Jesus that can actually take away sins, not the blood of animals that temporarily covers it and then it's back on your slate again. So... That's good. Thank you. Yes, it's a good point that you brought up because many times uh, I've heard people get caught up on the the specific words, this is the new covenant. And the distinguishing factor, as you pointed out, is Christ's redeeming blood, right? That yes. he shed on the cross as the Passover lamb, all right? We have a couple teachings. One is understanding the will of the Lord. And the other is um, operating in the will of the Lord. Right? And, and, and like how you brought this up too, that there were there are multiple covenants, if you will, made. Or we have stated that. Right? There's the Abrahamic covenant, there's the Davidic covenant, right? and there's all these other things. But if you understand what the will of the Lord is, and simply stated, and you'll find this from beginning to end in scripture he says i will be your god and you will be my people and even if you look at the abrahamic and davidic and, and all the other covenants that are made that is at the core of every one and then there are additional promises made but that is at the core that is the constant throughout the requirement for the Lord to truly be our God and we to actually be his people, living and serving him in obedience out of our love for him, which is simply just returning the love that he first gave us and demonstrated towards us while we were sinners. So that's a good point, or many good points, I should say, that you brought up. So thank you. Anyone else? I don't have anything. No. Tyler? Mm -hmm. 
I guess I would like to talk about verse 28 and 32 a little bit. Specifically, um, how you should examine yourself before taking communion. Um, we talked briefly a little bit. I think it was chapter 10. We were talking about how even with temptation, the Lord provides a way of escape. But it also means there is an element of accountability, personal accountability in that. That you're sp- you're solely responsible for making your decision. And it's your responsibility to whether you allow yourself to be swayed or not. It's also your responsibility here to forgive others and to make sure you have a clean conscience and heart towards God and to judge yourself not nitpicking with other people are false humility I would say but to be honest about it and determine your motives for taking communion are you taking it just because everybody else is taking it around you or or it seems like a the thing you do when you go to church but more than I would say in the last devotional, what Charles brought up, how David ate the showbread. David and his men ate the showbread. And that was consecrated for the Lord. And it was, I would say, more holy, not in the sense that communion is not important. It is, but it was consecrated, so it gave it a different element than regular common bread. But how they ate it, and it was a matter of David's heart towards God versus just because of the manner he ate it. He didn't stick his pinky out when he ate it. It was his motive and his approach to God. And that's what matters when you take communion. It's your heart. And it's difficult to be upset with someone or mad and still have a clean canvas and heart towards God because it, it taints everything. It is impossible. It is impossible to be angry with someone, to be upset, and still be clean and without blame before the Lord. Uh, how do we know? Because he says that very plainly. Right? The commandment was, if you murdered your brother, right? do not commit murder. And Jesus not abolishing what was said, said, here's what it was intended, right? If you are angry with your brother, you have already committed murder in your heart. And I don't think we fully, I'll say consistently realize all the different ways that sin tries to creep in, right? We we have a tendency to well, as is uh, phrased, not judge rightly. Right? We give ourselves we give ourselves grace. Sometimes too much grace, but we don't show that same grace towards others. Right? If we showed the same grace that we we often give ourselves towards others, it would look like Christ when he's on the cross, or and or being placed on the cross, being crucified innocently and says, Father, forgive them. Well, in order for him to ask for forgiveness, he first had to forgive, right? Yes. So why do we think there's a different standard? Or I think, why do we act many times like there's a different standard for us? 
We must forget, right? We were about this up yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. If we won't, will not forgive, then our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. So understanding what's actually happening matters. And, and I love that you brought this up, Kyle, because right that goes to the whole where he says examine ourselves. And then he says why we are to examine ourselves. And what does that say? Because he who eats and drinks and eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. Okay. So, Layla, you brought up, uh, was it Luke? The, yes, the, the, Luke okay. 22. Okay, yes. So we're going to go real quick through, through the Gospels, all right? Because each Gospel contains the Lord's Supper or an aspect of something that happened during the Lord's Supper, right, when he instituted yes. it. So, in Matthew, it's actually in chapter 26, it begins at verse 26 through verse 30, right? But I want to point out something interesting here. And, and, and actually, we'll, we're going to go to this first, um, while, you're, while you're looking that up. We talked about, or was brought up about separation and sin and, and all that, and what actually is happening, right? If someone chooses, and we'll use your example, Kyla, if someone chooses to be angry, or as promised brought up yesterday, to not forgive, right? There is no way that we can be blameless. Sin separates us from the Lord, right? It matters. And earlier, in chapter 26, verses 14 to 16. What happens? Uh, Jesus was going to go betray Jesus. Judas made the determination that he was going to betray Jesus before it happened. And in so doing, all right, He'd already made up his mind. Hmm. But then he still shared the meal, the Passover meal, with Jesus, and shared what the Lord was instituting as the Lord's Supper, right? Okay. But this was already prophesied about. Look back in Psalms. 41. You don't have to look it up. Excuse me. I will, I will tell you where it is, and I will read it so that you can... Look it up on your own, right? Psalms 41, 9, where he says, Even my close friend whom I trusted, the one who shared my bread, has lifted his heel against me. Right? Yes. And then it says, But you, O Lord, are gracious towards me and to raise me up, or gracious to me and raise me up. Okay. So, this happened, Judas made the determination to do this to the Lord before it happened, before sharing in the Lord's Supper. Mark uh, talks about the same thing. That's in Mark 14, verses 10 and 11, it talks about Judas. And then in verses 12 through 21, it talks about the Lord's Supper. And then it continues... 
if you will, in that section, I should say, also contains what Jesus said about Judas, right? Knowing what he was going to do, what he was doing. Taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner where he had already determined he was going to betray Jesus. And he says, woe to that person. It would have been better if they hadn't been born. Right? Let me read it. Um, yes, it would have been good for that man if he had never been born. That's in verse 21. Why? Because of the judgment waiting for that person. And then, Layla, you covered this in Luke. Uh, is Luke 22, verse 14 through 23. Right? Yes. Um, and actually, all of 22 is where he um, talks about um, the whole thing. He talks about Judas wanting to betray him, and he also talks about the Last Supper. What's really interesting in verse 3 is where he says, Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. Right? So we also see in there what unforgiveness, what determining in our hearts to not be obedient to the Lord and Savior, what it does. It allows place, a foothold for the enemy. Right? Yes. So you see that there. And if, because of sin, right? And yes. so sin allows a foothold for the enemy. We've, we've talked about that repeatedly. But then we shouldn't take communion if we are not clean, right? The whole point of having communion and fellowship with the Father is that we are pure, spotless, and blameless before him because he is our God and we are his people, right? Yes. yes. And, because, and we are obedient because we are his people, because of our love towards him and for him. And then John also writes about this and um hold on i just lost my place mm, one second here oh yes um in chapter 13 yes beginning in verse 18 right and this is where the scripture that we read in Psalms comes from, right? He who eats my bread with me has lifted his heel against me. Right? So, if we really study this out, right? It's just so we have an understanding of the, I'll say the significance, the importance of coming to the Lord pure and blameless to share in his communion and and suffer with him what it means, right? If we are not doing it in a pure manner, if we have not examined ourselves, judged ourselves rightly, then we are putting ourselves in the same place as Judas, where we are lifting our heel against the Lord, which is horrific. And what would we expect that outcome to be if we knowingly, willingly do that? against the Lord. You're betraying him all over again. He, he died on the cross once for all our sins. So what then is the course of action? Right, if we have sinned, 
what should we then do? Repent and come back to the Lord. Repent and come back to the Lord. And you see this written throughout Scripture as well. Uh, We'll go to Acts 3 real quick, right? find my place here. And it comes from, so I'll say this, right? Christ died, he was crucified once as the Passover lamb, and, and Lily covered that great out of, out of Hebrews. And again, a lot of times we don't understand what we do. In Acts 3, starting in verse 17, Right? Peter, in his second sermon, addresses this point, right? Christ being crucified. And he says, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. And here's the key. Verse 19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Um, oh, and then 20, I'll, I'll continue reading. And that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Right? Um, So, and and he continues, right? It actually all goes all the way down to verse 24. Well, actually, it goes to the end of the chapter. Because he says, You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, with Abraham. We get to share in that blessing, in that covenant. And the Lord made a way and, and did it with his work on the cross. But he also, he also allows us to share in his presence, in communion and fellowship and relationship with him. The communion or the Lord's Supper, right, as it's oftenly referred to. Others, other, um, Things may call it the Eucharist, right? But as a a sharing, as a communion, as a fellowship with Christ and giving him thanks for what he's done. Other translations will say it's a memorial, right? It matters. The the weight of this matters. And what we're doing and how we're approaching it is our heart right before the Lord. Is our heart right before the Lord? And if it isn't, repent, right? Right? And the Lord tells us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things are added. What does it say in verse 19 of Acts 3? Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and what? That times of refreshing may come from where? The presence of the Lord. Okay. Why do you think 
Now, knowing that all the prophets, all the prophets, other great heroes of the faith sought to remain. David says it repeatedly, right? I'm an olive tree in the presence of the Lord, in the house of the Lord. Joshua never left the tent of meeting. Why? I want to remain in the presence of the Lord. It mattered. It mattered to all of them. Hebrews 11, so to go off what you said, Layla, it's the great faith chapter, right? All these heroes of the faith. Okay. But it's also said, were these different people than us? No, they were just like us. So what is our heart towards the Lord? What is our heart towards the Lord? And we think that there's a different standard for us to come and share at his table. At his table. And in memorial of what he has done. There is one standard. And that was set forth in the example and pattern of Jesus the Christ. Any any questions on that? There's, there's a lot, I know. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot to think over. But I uh, wanted to express, I felt led to express that because, yes, I know it's weighty. And there's a lot. And it sounds harsh. It does sound harsh. But it's it's significant and it's important. Because it matters. This isn't just another person. And not that that should even be a, a difference or a qualifier, right? Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? So, there's one standard for all, for everybody. Why should we make things difficult for our neighbors? And then also, for ourselves. Why bring judgment on ourselves? Let's be pure and blameless. Our spirit, soul, and body, pure and blameless, without wrinkle or blemish, before our Lord. Any questions or comments? I don't have any. Okay. You have one? Oh, well, I was just going to talk about verse 30 really quickly. And it's talking about, like, not only a physical sense of being weak, sick, or sleeping, but also your spiritual state. Because you're separating Mm -hmm. yourself from God. And judgment, in the manner that we're speaking about in this chapter, is not the Lord is correcting you and trying to help you go on your path, but he's disciplining you in that respect, in that regard. That means you've strayed and gone astray. And you can't expect, like, if you, we'll use a natural thing, like, if you are needing healing, you can't expect that, or to get healing, like, I need, you broke a leg or something, and you need it to be reset. You can't let your leg heal if you're constantly walking on it and you never go and actually go to set the leg. It's the same regard here. You can't expect God to help you with whatever it is, but you don't accept God. Mm-hmm. There's no communion or fellowship with Him. It's unrealistic. Just like I can't expect to have money in my bank account if I never go to work to make any money. 
it's the same here and in the same spiritual, not just in the manifest manifestation and the natural. It works in the same way in the spiritual, just like you read your Bible and you communicate with the Father to grow spiritually, because otherwise, how can you expect that? You'll continue to be in your weakened state before you came to the Lord. So you're saying there's a practical side. Yes. In our relationship with the Lord. There's a, a doing that goes along with what we are believing. And what we do should be a confirmation and an agreement with what we are petitioning the Lord for requesting of him. Yes. Okay. So realistic is probably not a good word for believers to use. But <laughs> yes. practical. Does it align with and confirm with what what we believe and what we are petitioning God for what we've received from him by faith yes, and are the kind of relationship we have with him. Yes. And that goes back to why we take communion to have that close relationship with the father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, I want to add this real quick because someone asked it or someone commented on it about why are we taking communion? Is it because everyone else is doing it and we don't want to be left out or feel left out or we don't want people to look at us different because of what the scripture says, right? And I just want to encourage people. If things are not right between you and the Lord, make them right. If they're not right between you and your neighbor, make them right. Forgive. Forgive them. Let the Father for, ask the Father to forgive you. All right, make things right. And you see the same mindset even before your tithe or offering. All right, Jesus says, if you remember that you have anything against your, your neighbor, your brother, leave it. Leave it there, your gift, your tithe, your offering, and go make things right, and then come back. All right? Yes. It matters. It matters to the Lord. How are we doing? What's our, our thoughts, our motive, the intents of our heart? And what we're doing. Is it rituals? Is it because of we, that's what we've been taught? Or is it because we want to be pleasing to the Lord in all things? And it should always be because we want to be pleasing to the Lord. Because we love Him. And because, and because of those things, we are obedient to what He says. And to what He is instructing us through His Holy Spirit. Alright? Yes. Alright, well... Let's pause there for today, and um, we'll pick it up again tomorrow. All right? Okay. Yes. All right. Who would like to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for continuing to continuing to bless us, Lord, and just giving us the insight and knowledge that you have for us each and every time we look in your word, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you that you have given each of us a special personality you need to us and that we're not all alike lord and lord i just thank you for people who have been blessed by this ministry lord and that they continue to be blessed by it lord in Jesus' name amen amen Amen. we love you god bless you and have a wonderful day thank you for listening to a day of prayer We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, 
find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.